You are Locked On Sooners, your daily Oklahoma Sooners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the G Family Performance Center in Edmond, Oklahoma, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Sooners podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G., saying thank you so much for making us a part of your day. And coming up on this episode of the Locked On Sooners podcast, we will hear from Mike Stoops, we will hear from Khalil Hotton, and we will hear from Amani Bledsoe as OU gets ready for Baylor. And yesterday, just real quick, very weird vibes on uh, on media availability. I don't know what was going on, but uh, only three people spoke So we'll hear from all three of those people and we'll talk about what OU has to do to beat Baylor this week if they want any chance of getting into the college football playoff. And uh, also coming up today, we'll talk about Jalen Hurd. I'm sure you remember him from the two games OU played with Tennessee a few years ago. Guy ran for over 200 yards in two games with Tennessee when they played against Oklahoma, well, now he's at Baylor. He's playing receiver. In my opinion, this dude made a very smart choice for his career, but is obviously because he left Tennessee and transferred and wanted to play a different role as being painted in a very negative light. So we'll touch on that here on the Locked On Sooners podcast. My name's Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 KTOK. My partner in crime is Randy Renner, and we host Saturday Game Day, which can be heard on 1340 The Game, as well as News Radio 1000 KTOK every Saturday. KTOK at 5 a.m., 1340 at 9 a.m., and then around the state at different times on the Oklahoma News Network. I'm a credentialed member of the media, and I also host another podcast called Locked on Thunder, which will be dropping a little later today. I'm going to quit giving exact times because I never know what's going to happen in my day, and last night, I didn't get a chance to record that one until 8 o'clock. So just just to avoid, like if you were looking for Locked on Thunder at 4.30 and you were getting mad at me, you had every right to be mad at me. Um, I had to go down to Norman. I was a little late getting this podcast out. So um, from now on, no more times. I'll tell you when I'm recording, and I'm recording at 11.06 in the morning Central Standard Time, and I need to hurry up because I got to get my butt to work. But all that being said, let's talk some OU football. So yesterday was defensive media availability. And I think that is like, as far as getting your best material for story ideas, for the podcast, for audio, for video that usually ends up going up on the uh, Locked On Sooners YouTube channel, that day is great. There is a lot of great material. Yesterday didn't fall into that category. Um, It was just strange. Like, I I can't even really quite put my finger on it. I won't go into detail about everything, but only three people were made available to us, which, I mean, for me, is really not that big a deal. Three, four, I can get whatever I need, sometimes with just one person, if they give you a lot of material. And uh, Mike Stoops yesterday, I I think Mike Stoops was all right. He had a meeting. He was a little bit short. Amani Bledsoe was pretty good yesterday. And uh, Khalil Hotton. They they all had a lot to say, but it it just wasn't your usual... I, I don't know, hodgepodge, you know, mashup, uh, mass, you know, descendants uh, down there at OU, and it seemed like there was less media. So whatever the deal was, it just was. 
but we still got something out of it. And Mike Stoops is still being asked about the Army game. Mike Stoops is still being asked about his team not being physical, what his team has to do to get better. And I think for Mike Stoops, just as much as the players might be relieved to be getting Baylor behind or getting Army behind them and moving on to Baylor. Uh, defense or an offense that they're more familiar with. I think Mike Stoops is actually more relieved that last week is over and this week is ahead. Well, there's certainly uh, no carryover from from last week, and that's probably a good thing um, unless they come out and run the option. Uh, so you just got to transition. It, it's it's a week uh, of um, you know the past preparation. You leave it behind. We didn't spend a lot of time uh, with it. Uh, we spent more time on Baylor, uh, transitioning from Army into Baylor. So we, we put that game, you know, behind us and, uh, sp- you know, spent the majority of our time Sunday and Monday, you know, really focusing in on, um, you know, a lot of times you're trying to correct a lot of mistakes and, and move on to, to Baylor. You had a little bit of this with Iowa State, but just being familiar with personnel, style of play, how big is that for the team? I think it's good. I think our guys are probably more excited probably getting started on this preparation than they were a week ago, getting started, uh, you know, with the Army preparation just because of it's more what we're used to day in and day out and what we see in this league, you know, week in and week out. They're, they're very similar to a lot of teams, uh, a lot of RPOs, a lot of spread uh, concepts. So, um, you know, you got to be prepared for all that and something that we're, you know, we see day in and day out around here. Like because Army was so unique, you know, do you take anything from that game? I mean, you know, just file it away for two years and don't even. It's it's it you just kind of learn from the experience. Uh, I think all of us, uh, you know, learned a great deal from from playing a team like that. What you can learn and what you can take away uh, from it. So there's, you know, what I took away is just you know the way our guys just kind of hung in there all day. We fought through it. It wasn't pretty, but, you know, made the plays, finally got the plays when we needed them the most. And that's been really the, the character uh, of our team. It's when we've gotten in bad situations, we fought our way out of them. Uh, it's very similar to, to Oklahoma State a year ago. I think we intercepted a ball uh, to win the game and had a penalty on it and had to do it all over again. Uh, my heart was, you know, kind of in my stomach uh, at that time, but our guys just found a way to get it done, and, and that's probably the thing I think we're all most proud of. We, we fought our way through it. Our kids didn't say a word. They hung in there, kept fighting for, you know, over 60 minutes and, and did what they had to do to win. After four games, as the defensive coordinator, where do you feel like you really have to get better? Is there one particular area? Oh, I think, you know, the, you know we're going to get tested across the board uh, on Saturday. I think, you know, Coverage is, is going to be tested again. Obviously, with this team, likes to throw the ball around, spread the field. So our coverage, our, our ability to pressure the quarterback and tackle, those are all things you have to do in this league week in and week out if you want to have success. But even with OU being happy to see a team like Baylor and getting an opportunity to play against the spread team, I'm not real thrilled about it because Baylor – always plays OU tough. Like, I remember going into last year's game. I had watched Baylor play Duke. And my first thought when I saw Baylor play Duke is, man, they're pretty well coached. I mean, they're making some mistakes, but I don't see a lot of quitting these kids. And no matter what kind of happens during this game, they kind of keep getting up and fighting. Now, granted, it is Duke, but this seems to be something that's, for lack of a better term, they've got that fighting spirit. 
And I expect that to carry over into the OU game. And I think they're they're not going to come lay down to OU. And I was laughed at. I was taunted. It's like, where the hell do you come up with this stuff? You know, this game is not about Baylor. It's about OU. Well, it turned out that Baylor did come to play. And I think part of it is, is that OU did take them lightly. And I always worry about this game when OU plays them. And really more than anything, what we've seen from OU over the last few years is just that playing down to competition. And I don't know about you, but I'm sick of seeing OU play down to their competition. And I am sick of us looking at OU every year, pulling out the schedule, finding that one game they're going to trip up on, worrying about whether or not the defense is going to be able to hold Big 12 offenses. And I'm really tired, more than anything, of college football coming down to two teams, and those two teams being Clemson and Alabama. Give me a reason why OU shouldn't be in that conversation every year. Give me a valid reason why OU shouldn't be in that conversation every year. I know why they're not. You know why they're not, because they haven't been good enough. And mostly it's been because of the defense that they, they haven't been good enough. And they haven't won enough of those marquee games. They got hammered by Clemson a couple of times now. They let that game with Georgia go. Last year, there was the game with Iowa. I mean, you could start adding them up, but it's unacceptable for OU not to be talked about on that level because everything is at OU to be in that conversation with Alabama every year, and OU's got to get back there. And part of it comes with just this program figuring out a way overall to be as mentally tough as Alabama is. Look, I'm not a big Dick Saban fan. And I feel really sorry for the guys that have to cover him in Alabama because he treats the media like crap. I mean, you kind of know going in, he's going to treat the media like garbage. But what Nick Saban does is whenever his team gets soft or whenever his team gets complacent, and that was the big accusation when, when OU beat him a couple of years ago in the Sugar Bowl is they were complacent, they forgot how to win, Well, if it was just talk from Nick Saban and he was just making excuses for his team, he figured out a way to fix it and get them back on track. And he always figures out a way to dangle a carrot in front of them and make them hungry. Now, if you want to make the excuse, and this is a totally valid excuse, that they are going to get more breaks and more leeway from the college football playoff selection committee than anybody else in the country, you're dead on. And you can say it's not just Nick Saban, but it's the playoff selection committee that dangles those carrots out in front of Alabama. I will totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. But I also believe that OU is afforded a lot of the same luxuries as Alabama is. Because remember, OSU got punished for losing to Iowa State. OU still ended up in the college football playoff. Granted, years ago, and there was a BCS system when OSU got punished. But still, overall... OSU had won their conference. Alabama didn't even win their division. Just that alone should have been enough to get Oklahoma State in. OU's got to rise to that level. And this week, they're taking on a Baylor team where you've got a quarterback who has gone four for four in it in, in his current starts. Okay? Not, I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I just don't know how great he is overall. And I... I look at the whole situation with, you know, Charlie Brewer, okay? Um, 261 yards per game passing, 67% completion passes, 
or uh, pass completion, and again, he's he's four and four. But OU's got to get after him. OU's got to figure out a way to make sure that there's pressure on the quarterback, which they should be able to do a lot easier this week than they were last week. It's also going to help that they're getting back guys like Tyree Slott, that they're getting back guys like Q Overton this week. And you know what? Before we hey, before we get to the next segment, let's hear let's hear Mike Stoops talk about the return of Tyree Slott and the return of Q Overton and how much that's going to help in this defense well it's a lot of a lot of people you know you're taking on blocks every snap you saw the double teams they're coming off hitting you they're they're cutting at your legs so yeah it was difficult uh being down you know we've been down guys all year but you know we've had enough we keep getting a guy back guy comes out so we've been we've been rotating good a lot and uh and um uh overton will be back this week and practice all week so that'll be uh you know a bonus for us yeah, I think we threw that uh, he was going to mention Trey Brown, Brown in there as well. Getting healthy is one thing, but sometimes uh, sometimes I'm not... I, and again, I, I don't want to minimize what having your best players healthy means to a team, especially like OU, but I also don't want to let them off the hook. And I don't want to bash... I don't want to sit here and just bash him and like every podcast just become a uh, become a bash fest and... It feel like I have an agenda because I think it's horrible. I think it's horrible for for radio shows to do that. It's horrible for for podcasts, but it's just one of those things where everybody wonders, like, why are you so hard on them? Well, it's because I expect so much out of them. And OU has said time and time again that sometimes the standard of football they play isn't the standard of football that we've come to expect. And I think starting this week, like, if OU really wants to make a statement and, and, and tell the world that they are true championship contenders than it comes with the route of a Baylor team who's beaten nobody this year. They look really good on offense, all right on defense, but they haven't beaten anyone, and the toughest game they played, they lost to Duke. This is a team you go out and stick it to and don't let them get momentum at any point during this game. This is the Locked on Sooners podcast. I'm Eric G. Coming up next, we will hear from Khalil Houghton, and he will talk about the outside noise and so will Amani Bledsoe. How much is that affecting the OU defense? It's all right here on the Locked On Sooners podcast. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Sooners. Your daily Oklahoma Sooners podcast. Locked on Thunder will be out later today. I'm not going to say a time. That just keeps biting me in the butt, and I know better. I always have the goal to get it out by 4.30, and then inevitably when I have that goal, something happens or I get it out a little bit later. So Locked on Thunder will will, uh, drop later today. And uh, what we're going to talk about on that show is just if you have any questions about where the NBA is going in our sports I don't know, iconery in America or where it lands as far as the big four goes. Something very interesting happened on on ESPN today. 
And I firmly believe that the NBA is not that far from taking over the NFL. So that's what we'll talk about that today on Locked on Thunder. We've talked about it before, but something really hammered at home. Plus, the health of other teams. The Lakers are a big topic, but um, we'll, we'll get into some more role players and we'll hear from some more guys also via Media Day. That's Locked on Thunder, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day and available at Alexa, at Spotify, at iTunes, and where else? Um, oh, yeah, Google, and um, I think that's it. I think it's all the places. Stitcher, Stitcher as well. So please subscribe and rate us five stars for Locked on Sooners and Locked on Thunder because I would be very appreciative of that. Uh, didn't me yell too much in that first segment. <laughs> I'm just ready for OU to play Baylor, and I know Baylor this week is going to be very tough. Um, defensively, this team has been pretty good all year long. They're ranked 15th overall in the nation. All right, 15th in, in overall defense. But again, they haven't played anyone. Kansas, Texas San Antonio, Abilene Christian. Again, their toughest game's Duke. They've lost to that. So it's just a matter. Does OU want to come out and establish dominance early? Then yeah, then this game is going to be over and it's going to be over quick. The one thing that the OU defense has to constantly put up with and throw me into this category is people are going to criticize them. People are constantly going to pick at them and look for things that they can do better. And you know, here's a here's the thing with OU. You know they know about what is being said outside because Justin Broyles, when he spoke a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about the the connection that he and Buki Radley-Hiles had, there were a lot of guys that were already in the program and a lot of guys coming into the program who were tired of OU just being known for offense. They were tired of, of just hearing, well, you know, they're known for offense. The Big 12 is known for offense. There aren't any great defenses. They at least have given lip service to want to be great. Well, now it's time to put up. You have, you've given all the lip, lip service. No more of that. It's time to actually show what you can do. So I would say, just based on hearing those comments, that the outside world does affect what happens at OU. And as Bob Stoops said, there's there's no complete way to shut kids off from it because when they're, you have your smartphone, you're going to have access to social media. Somebody's always going to be listening to the radio or a podcast or reading the paper, and it's going to filter in. And you're going to they're going to tell people what is being said and. Um, certainly Mike Stoops knows that and if Mike Stoops knows that the players know that and at worst at, at absolute minimal the coaches are constantly telling the players what's being said because they're hoping to use it as somewhat a bulletin board material so here is Khalil Houghton, Khalil Houghton safety for OU here is Imani Bledsoe discussing hearing the outside noise and how much that affects them as football players and as members of this program I mean, it happens. It's expected. There's always going to be people that, that say they have their own opinion. So um, for us, it's just not listening to the outside outside word. So um, at the end of the day, we're just doing what we do, and that's that's winning. I mean, you're always going to have haters. I mean, they're always going to find the negative in the things you do. I mean, what you do is put your head down and keep going to work. I mean, because you don't really got to worry about what's on the outside. All that matters is who's in this room right here. So Is it motivating in any way? The outside noise? Yeah. No, oh, not at all. I mean, we don't really focus on that at all. I mean, we just trust the coaches and trust each other and stick together. And see, I, 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 it would serve as motivation for me because anytime somebody said that I couldn't do something or I needed to get better at something, then I wanted to do those things. I wanted to either prove people wrong or if they were giving me words of encouragement, 
I wanted to prove them right. I wanted to say, hey, you put your belief in me, so I'm going to go out and do it and show you that, that you didn't waste your time. I'd like to see a lot more of that out of the OU defense right now. Um, I also think the the whole idea that you can completely insulate yourself, because the Thunder said this, Sam Presti said this the other day, is is just ridiculous. You can. I mean, like, I've got a door shut right now. I, I don't have a television on. I'm not really surfing the web, so there, like, honestly could be breaking OU news going on, but while I'm doing my podcast, I'm pretty much shut off. Just like when I do my other job, when I'm I'm focused on getting out certain reports, I'm done. I'm I'm not I'm not looking at other things. So yes, for a little while I can, but then I'm always going back to social media and I'm always going back to television. So there it is. It, it it's there for you. It, it's it's out there, open as day. And whether people know football or not, or think they know football or not they're always going to have an opinion on you. And when you come to OU, you just have to kind of, you have to deal with that. You have to deal with people booing and know that there are some fans that will support you no matter what. But for the most part, most fans here in Norman are going to want a team that succeeds. And if you're not succeeding and you're not succeeding at a high level, they're not going to put up with it for too long. It's just It's just the way things go. I don't think it, the one thing I can say is, in talking to the guys and just getting that kind of, I don't know, the mix and mingle when you're in a media scrum, if you want to call that mingling, I don't think any of that stuff catches them off guard at all. I think they're fully aware of what's going on. It's just a matter of, well, okay, so we're doing it and people are still mad. Sometimes you just absolutely have to block it out. This is the Locked On Sooners podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up, Jalen Hurd made a ballsy move to leave Tennessee and to forego million dollars. Why, ultimately, it was the right decision. We'll talk about that here on the Locked On Sooners podcast. This is Locked On Sooners. Your team every day. Locked on Thunder will be out today as well. Please listen to that podcast at Alexa, Google, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and Stitcher. Rate us five stars on iTunes. And also listen to all the other podcasts as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Eric G. This is the Locked On Sooners podcast. We're about to wrap things up. It's OU Baylor this week, and that means OU gets to deal with Jalen Hurd, Yet again, they already had to deal with him when he was at Tennessee playing running back, and he ran for over 200 yards in two games against Oklahoma. I think 97 the first game and just over 100 in the second. But Jalen Hurd left Tennessee, and when he left Tennessee, there were a lot of people saying that he was a traitor. He was a guy that didn't value his teammates. He wasn't wasn't the team player. But Jalen Hurd... And there's a great article about him on Bleacher Report. Um, It was written earlier this summer. In that article, Jalen Hurd mentions that he knew and understood more than anything what the lifespan of an NFL running back was. He understood what the career span was, which is about three and a half years. He understood that NFL teams don't value running backs as much as they do receiver. And, And he would ask the Tennessee coaches hey, can you put me on the edge a little bit more? Don't have me run against the run in between the tackles. I just want to save my body. I want to save my career. I also think I could help you more doing this. Well, that unnerved a lot of Tennessee coaches. It unnerved 
a lot of his Tennessee teammates. One of them happened to be Alvin Kamara, who was rookie of the offensive rookie of the year last year in the NFL. But Jalen Hurd, thinking about his body himself, decided that he wanted to move positions and didn't want to stay at Tennessee and decided to transfer to Baylor. Now, he could have gone into the NFL. And by all accounts, he would have been drafted. By all accounts, he would have made millions of dollars but chose not to go to that road. Smartest decision he ever made. And there's going to be a lot of people who criticize him because, hey, he gave up guaranteed money. All right, it's guaranteed money. But how long are you going to be able to make that kind of money when you're an NFL running back? If you're an NFL receiver, you can stretch out your career a lot longer. You're more valued. Um, especially if you're a guy that scores a lot of touchdowns and shows breakaway speed, NFL teams can't get enough of you, and there's always going to be somebody to sign you to a contract where if you're a running back, you get about five years on that body. There's a lot of wear and tear, and unless you are built like Adrian Peterson, there aren't many teams beating down your door, and you're going to be lucky to get an invite maybe late in the season to come help somebody out if they're either depleted of running backs or they're trying to make a push towards the playoffs or the Super Bowl. It's a tough life, and it took a lot of guts to make this decision and take the criticism that went along with it. But when he gets criticized for this, I always look at where the criticism is coming from. And one of the big questions that I have in today's age of sports is, what exactly does it mean to be a team player? Who exactly are you sacrificing for, especially when you're putting your body on the line? Are you sacrificing for... Your friends and your brothers, which are your teammates, are you sacrificing for the coaches who in college get hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars of bonuses, depending on how far you can take them? Are you sacrificing to the university or for the university who's making millions off off of you, but maybe controlling your degree pattern, depending on what kind of student you are? and, And ultimately, do they just want to keep you eligible for football or are they more worried about you graduating in the afterlife? There's so much that goes into it that I look at who's criticizing. And if teammates are criticizing you and ex-coaches are criticizing you, I don't put a lot of stock in that anymore. You know, unless there are just avid reports that the guy was a complete turd, meaning that he he just, you know, caused complete schisms in the locker rooms. He wouldn't be at practice. Um, you knew he wasn't hurt. He was stealing from teammates. He was treating women bad. He didn't care at all about anything. You know, then, I mean, and if those reports can get backed up by a lot of people, fine. But if it's just a few guys saying, well, he didn't care about us, well, I'm not sure how much I would care about my teammates anymore in college. I mean, I'd want the best for him. I'd want to be close to him. But ultimately, I have to think about my health. And with as dangerous as football is, And with guys' life expectancies getting so much shorter, for those who play the sport and how violent it is, hey, if it's my body, my life, over whether or not we're getting a ring, I'm going to take my body and my life. Now, if that sounds selfish, then it sounds selfish, but I also have to think about my future. There's also another coach that's quoted in this story who said that Jalen Hurd gave everything to the Tennessee program, everything you could have ever wanted, He was that dude. He was that guy you wanted on the team. And there was no meet in the middle. There was no give and return. He was the guy that was up early. He was willing to do anything the coaches asked. 
But when he would go ask the coaches to help him out, the answer was always no. And a, a lot of my view just comes is just the lines of of getting blurred and playing for the team and all that. I think that's great for high school. I think it's super for junior high and little league. Just when it comes to college and the NFL, the business end of it makes me think that uh, guys like Jalen Hurd um, should be speaking to a lot more college athletes about looking out for your body and your health. And hey, if you want to go down this road and you want to play running back or you want to play a particular position that you know may shorten your career, but that's what you're good at because you've got a chance to make a lot of money, fine. That's your decision. I don't think we should criticize guys for that. But those that want to make other decisions and decisions that are ultimately best for them because they feel it's going to pay off in the long run, I don't feel like they should be criticized either. I really, I just, I don't I don't believe in criticizing somebody for doing what's best for them. And all this kind of folds back into Jalen McCluskey feeling that he didn't get what he wanted at OSU, so now he's going to transfer. And yesterday we kind of threw out, you know, would Caleb Kelly be willing to use his redshirt year and go someplace else? And we threw out some interesting theories uh, yesterday at media availability about what might happen with Caleb Kelly. I won't get into them, can't get into them, but we did throw out some. Um, ultimately, the overall feeling is, is that he's going to stay at OU. But if I'm Caleb Kelly, I look real hard at a transfer just because it may ultimately suit me better than what OU has for me. This is the Locked on Sooners podcast. I'm Eric G. We'll break down the Baylor Bears even further tomorrow on Thursday's podcast. So please come join us because actually we didn't do a lot of breaking down today. More of the breaking down coming up tomorrow here on Locked on Sooners. And until tomorrow, God bless you and your family. And as always, everybody love everybody, and then peace, love, and Boomer Sooner. You are Locked On Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.